Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew and I'm lead pastor. And we're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks, we're gonna donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. We're wrapping up our teaching series. We've been calling I Want to Believe, but, and we've, we've made the case that, you know, people aren't rejecting God so much as they're rejecting an incorrect and distorted view of who God really is. The fact they can't see who God is because all they've seen is this incorrect view of God that's been propped up in front of them. And what we have is we have people who are, who are spiritual, right? Who want to go so far in their belief as to accept God, but they just can't because these false ideas of, of God are really in the way. And so we hear things like, I, I want to believe in God, but, or I wish I could believe in God, man, just, but, you know, fill in the blank, right? And so we started taking down these false views of God, beginning with the on-demand God that we saw in week one. And we learned this, the on-demand God, man, the one who does what you want and when you want, well, that God doesn't exist. And that, then last week we learned about the, the goosebumps God. And this is the idea that we always have to feel God. And if, if we can't feel God, if we can't sense God, then something's wrong with us. Well, that's not true, by the way. Just go back and watch or listen that message from last week. If you're joining us here for the first time today, you're going to learn something pretty important. Uh, what I'd like to talk to you about today, though, is, is really, I think, the most commonly distorted view of God uh, that's out there. In fact, the very first small group that I ever led, uh, I was in graduate school years ago. I, I was a youth pastor getting a Master of Divinity at the same time. And I had this small group that I started full of college students and young adults, and we picked a book of the Bible. And we'd go through it chapter by chapter and verse by verse, like each week. It doesn't sound like the most exciting group, right? But man, that group took off. It was, it was full of students. And, and one night, uh, one of the young adults in the group, um, you know, he, he was the guy who was struggling with, uh, with this very topic. And he came up one night and he goes, man, you know what? I want to believe. He actually used this phrase, I want to believe, but I can't see how God cares. Like, there's just so much happening in our world, and I'm just one guy. Like, why, why would God care about me? And besides, like, the amount of, like, just, just the evil and the violence, like, how can God be good? Like, how can God care, even, and just let all this stuff stand? And that's a legitimate question, right? Like, you might be here today, and you've asked that question yourself, or you might even be struggling with it right now. And so I, I've learned most people, by the way, who believe in, in a heartless God, uh, they have some kind of unresolved hurt or deep pain in their lives. Not all the time, but in many cases, they do. And, and maybe it was you know, a family or a personal tragedy, or maybe it was the images of death and destruction in the aftermath of natural disasters or warfare that leave you with immense pain. Or perhaps you're a victim, or you have friends and family who are victims of abuse. Like, how can God just let these kind of things happen? Maybe it's something much more simple. You know, he, he doesn't take away the migraines, right? Or answer the prayer that your kid prays, despite your generally selfless attitude and lifestyle. You can't catch any breaks and you can't get ahead. Whatever it might be, like you, you want to believe, but God doesn't really seem to care. He almost seems like God is heartless. If that's you, I just want you to know that you're not alone in feeling this way, okay? There are numerous examples in Scripture of men and women who we think of as just larger than life, 
but they experience some of the same emotions uh, that you're going through right now. But we talked a lot about a guy named King David in this series, and, and David was certainly somebody who had a lot of ups and he had a lot of downs, okay? Uh, we, we, we read his Psalms, and, and, and we've, we've done so in this series so far, and you know, he, he wants to know a lot of times, like, hey, how come God is absent? How come God's not moving this way? How come God doesn't seem to care about the destruction and harm that's happening all around me right now? You know, David, David lets, it, lets it loose a little bit. There's also a guy named Job. Now, Job lives during the same time as Abraham, and Job's story, it is crazy bad yet epic, okay? And yeah, he has a whole book just to chronicle it. And here's this guy who's really wealthy, and he loves God, and he loves God so much, like he offers sacrifices for his kids every morning just in case they did something to sin against God the night before. And so Satan comes along, and he convinces God to let him take everything away from Job except his life, because he believes that Job will curse the Lord and fall away. And so all of Job's wealth is taken from him. All of his kids die. I told you it's a terrible story. He gets boils and severe sickness. It just takes his health from him, but not his life. And to make it all worse, like his wife, she comes in and she's like, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? You know, like at his lowest point, his wife wants him dead. I wonder if Job was like, God, can you take her instead? <laughs> anyway, it, 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 it seems like it's just not fair, right? Now in the and to be fair, God blesses him and heals him and restores everything. And, but Job suffered in a pretty big way. The other guy stands out to me even more is a guy we don't think of as suffering very much or even being in a position to wonder if God cares. But if you place yourself in his story, in his shoes, I think it starts to become pretty clear that, that he struggled with this topic, you know? And his name was John, and he's better known as John the Baptist. He was actually Jesus' cousin. And uh, if you don't know the story, you don't know who John is, uh, John was the guy whose sole job, his entire purpose in life, was to prepare the way for Jesus. He was to uh, let everyone know that, hey, the king is coming. Jesus is on his way. Get ready. He's coming. And so people, they hear that enough, and they start thinking, you know what? Maybe John is this guy. Maybe he's the savior. And, and John's like, no, I'm not it. I'm not the guy. Don't follow me. But follow Jesus when he gets here, right? Because he's on the way. And so John, you know, he, he, was, he was very honest. He did the right thing. And, and he prepares the way for Christ just as he's supposed to. And what does that honesty get John? Well, it gets him in trouble. That's what it does uh, with a guy named Herod. So Herod was what you might think of as as a provincial governor uh, during that time in the area that John is ministering in. And he was having an affair with his brother's wife, all right, his sister-in-law. So John calls him out on it. And if there's one thing you don't do in the first century is call out an authoritarian leader, all right? You don't do that. And that gets John thrown into prison. And when you're in prison, you know, you've got time to think. And so John had spent his entire life getting everything ready for Jesus. And I don't think prison is where he thought he'd wind up at. I'm sure John's thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm his cousin. I've seen his power. I know what he can do. Why am I here, right? Like, why am I stuck here? Why am I not out there with him? Is he going to come get me out? Like, is God going God gonna to free me after all that I've done? I mean, I'm sure those thoughts are swirling. And we know he's struggling because in Matthew's account of the life of Christ, you know, we read that John wants to know if Jesus is the real deal or not. You know, I mean, if he's going to give his life, he wants to make sure he's giving it for the right person. So look at Matthew chapter 11, verse number 2. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah that we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for somebody else? 
Now look at the response that Jesus gives. I love what he says here. Check this out. The very next verse, verse number four. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you've seen and heard. The blind see and the lame walk and those with leprosy, they're cured and the deaf can hear. The dead are raised and the good news is preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. That last part's important, especially if you're John and you're in prison, questioning why you're there, right? And that's all he needed to know. It may have felt like God didn't care. It may, it may have seemed like he did in the moment, you know, like that God was heartless. But if you're at a place where, where you want to believe, you know, and it seems like God doesn't care, you're, you're not alone. That's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make here. So what I want to do to you today is give you two truths, two quick truths to remember that whenever you feel like God is heartless, like he doesn't care, hey, that's a lie. Here's what you need to remember instead. First, there's purpose in the pain. There's purpose in the pain. God always has a purpose in the pain. Even when you're hurting, when you feel left behind, when you don't understand why God's allowing suffering, He has a purpose. Now, I don't know what that purpose might be, and you don't know what it might be either, but often we're able to look back down the road and we can see what that purpose was. Why would God have a purpose in our pain? Right? I mean, why would God just take the pain away? Well, often He's using that purpose to build something within you. Okay? He's building something inside of you. I love the way Peter, who went through a lot of difficult times himself, describes suffering and hardship. Look at 1 Peter chapter, six, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 6. He says, Be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. And these trials will show that our faith is genuine. <clears throat> it's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. But your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ is revealed to the whole world. When you're suffering, okay, when you're feeling as if God doesn't care, remember there's joy ahead. You know, these, these trials, these difficult seasons, show your faith is authentic. That's what Peter's trying to say. God's taking your roots. He's pushing them deeper. That's why he tests you as fire tests gold, because God has a purpose. And when fire melts away gold, it melts away the impurities. You know, when, when gold is mined, it's dirty. It's got all kinds of impurities mixed in with it, you know? But the melting and smoldering and all, all that stuff that happens, that, that filters all the junk out, and it leaves pure gold behind, like the real deal, real McCoy stuff, right? And so when your faith is tested, God filters the junk out so that what's left is pure and genuine real. It's, it, it's been tested and it's good to go. You know, th you know, that's when gold, by the way, has its greatest value. Like it has potential beforehand, but after the filtering and the purifying, that's when gold reaches its most valuable state. And when your faith has been tested and stood that test, man, you move from living up to your potential to living in the full measure of what God has firmly planted within your life. He's got a purpose, right? He's got a purpose. He's doing something in you. He's building something within you. He's in the middle of it. Even when you don't understand, man, God is using this season at your end to strengthen and build you. When you run towards Him, your spiritual roots grow deeper. He doesn't cause the pain in, in every difficult season and trial, but He does use it. He will use it because He has purpose in the pain. I'm often reminded 
of the story of Jesus and, and a guy who was uh, blind. So this, this man who was blind, yeah, he was born that way in the first century. And it's often thought back in those days that if something bad happened to you, especially if you were born with an impairment or whatever, that God was punishing either you or your parents, uh, which was the case here. They thought it was his parents. Even Jesus' disciples, they buy into this idea. John chapter 9, verse number 1. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who'd been blind from birth. You know, it sounds like a, a heartless God move, right? Like, why would God cause this guy to be blind? Rabbi's disciples ask him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? So see, is the idea. So someone did something wrong here, right? Now watch what Jesus says. Can remember that there's purpose in the pain, okay? Verse number three. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened. So the power of God could what? Could be seen in him. There is purpose in the pain. In your season of suffering, in the face of difficulty, when God seems heartless, when it doesn't seem fair, just know there is purpose. And ultimately that purpose will point people to Jesus. There's purpose in the pain. But there's something else which is true. But I want you to remember today, the next time you find yourself struggling with this idea that God's heartless, okay? I want you to know this, that God is always present in the pain. He's got a purpose, but he's also present. Psalm 46.1 says this, that God is our refuge and our strength. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. If you can't remember anything else today, I want you to remember that God is with you. And if God is with you in your suffering and your pain, and you can be sure that he's with other people who are suffering and in pain as well. And so often, you know, we, we want God to give us what, what we want, right? But he's much more interested in, in giving us what we need. And what we need in times of trouble really is to know God is our source and that God is with us. There might not be a better example in scripture of God's presence in our pain than perhaps the life of Paul. If you're not familiar with who God is, or Paul is, he, he wrote a, a third of the New Testament. He, he raised up leaders, he planted churches, he traveled all throughout the Roman Empire and preaching about Jesus. He did more to reach people and advance the kingdom of God than, than anybody else in Scripture aside from Christ himself. I mean, Paul is, was, was phenomenal. And he writes in 2 Corinthians about this thorn that he's been given. Now, we have no idea what this thorn is, but it's obviously metaphorical for something painful and destructive in his life. And he pleads with God on three different occasions to remove it. And he's pleading like you're, you're pleading for God to heal your kids, you know? He, 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 you figure if God's going to heal anybody, it's, it's this guy, it's Paul, right? The guy who suffers all the time. We've been shipwrecked and beaten and left for dead and in prison and been bitten by snakes, like all kinds of stuff. Surely God will heal Paul. But look at what, what Paul writes in verse number 9. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, he goes, Each time he, this is God here, okay, he said, My grace is all you need. My power, it works best in weakness. And so now I'm glad, Paul says, to both about my weakness, because that way the power of Christ can work through me. See, Paul was praying for God to heal him, and God says, No, no, here's the thing, Paul. Like, my power, my grace, it's enough for you. Boy, so often we pray for God to fix situations, don't we? Like, we even tell God what we're pretty sure we need Him to do, <laughs> right? And sometimes, uh, you know what God says? No, it's all right. I'm good. I'm all you need. It, it might feel heartless for God not to heal or provide or at, but God's trying to teach you not to lean in your own strength, but to lean into, you know, Him. 
not somebody else, into him. Paul goes on to say it's a, a good thing that God didn't take the thorn from him. Look at verse number 10. He says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. And that sounds crazy <laughs> to us, by the way, okay? Like, wh why would you take joy in that? Uh, why would you take pleasure in this? And, and, but Paul's going to say why right here. He says, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak, God's strength is perfected inside of me. When, when I can't get through another day, He's there to carry me. Well, what makes you weak and what causes you to suffer, man, it, it makes you strong in Christ because you lean more into Him. There's something, you know, just, I think just, just, here's something wild, all right? Just whenever the church experiences intense persecution, executions, imprisonment, slavery, it has thrived. Why? Because God is present in the pain. Man, it's so hard to see that though, right? Like we, we, we tend to take like this Instagram snapshot of our lives. We take a shot and we see where we're living, you know, and how we're living in the moment and what's happening to us. And, and you may not like it, right? Like you may not understand what's happening to you, but this moment in time, it doesn't seem fair. And, and God doesn't seem to care. And you know, we, we, we're always looking at the present, what's happening here and now. But what if you look at your life with the long game in mind? Take, you know, any long period, 10 years, we'll say, right, of just growing and walking with Christ. I can guarantee you that you're going to have this to say when you look back. I, I, I don't get that. I didn't choose to go there. Never want to experience this over here. I have no clue why that even happened. Because in the moment, you don't get it. You'll understand. But you can look back over that decade, and despite all the moments of not understanding and wondering and not choosing and feeling that God didn't care, you know what you're going to say? You're going to say this, but God was with me during that moment. He was strong for me here. What he did through this, I mean, even though I you know, didn't get it, I couldn't do it on my own. I would never have chosen that. I'd never want to watch that again, but what he did, oh man, I'm so thankful for it. He was with me through every pain and every step and every hard-fought victory. You might not feel like you're winning some victories right now. You might not feel like, like life isn't great, that you're not that blessed. But I, I, I want to challenge that for a second, you know, because if you have the health just to be able to watch and listen to this today, like, hey, you're blessed, right? By virtue of being in America, for those of you watching here at home, uh, you're in the global top like 1%. By American standards, you may not have much, but by the world standards, you are filthy rich. You have the freedom to worship God without concern for prison or the government taking your kids away or even death. You've got it pretty good. Well, you might say, I might have a good in those terms, but that doesn't mean God's fair. Okay, you're right, you're right. He's not fair. I'll give that to you. You know, God isn't fair. That God's rarely ever fair, but He's just. And, and, you know, if God was always fair, He'd give us what we deserve. But because He's, he's just, He sent Jesus, who paid the price we should have paid for our sins. Psalm 103 puts it like this. I love this right here. Psalm 103, 10. He does not punish us for all our sins. He doesn't deal harshly with us as we deserve, for His unfailing love towards those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God's not fair, or else He would give us what we all really, truly deserve. So when you're tempted to look at all the crazy stuff in the world and what's happening in your life right now, which which feels heartless and unjust, you know? Like, God, why would you let this happen? Kind of thing. Here's something I want you to understand, all right? Here's something I want you to know. Don't think 
from your perspective. Try to think of things from, from God's perspective, okay? Someone who has a, a purpose in the pain, someone who, who's present in your pain. One of the most difficult things I think a parent can do is to watch their kids suffer. It's especially hard when they're suffering from a wound and you're, you're cleaning it up and pouring you know, alcohol on it and the pain intensifies as you clean the wound. My kids hate it, they can't stand it. Uh, you know, they scream, they cry. Uh, my oldest sometimes will shout, you know, please don't do it. Like, don't. <laughs> One time he said, I promise I'll be good because he thought it was a form of punishment. Like, no, ma no matter how much Shannon and I try to explain the purpose and the pain that he's going through, he doesn't get it. You know, my youngest does doesn't always get it. When you hurt, can I tell you that God hurts? There are times he wants to explain what's going on. He, he, he might even try to explain what's happening. But, but you and I, we just we don't get it. We don't understand. You just feel the pain. You just see the pain and, and God's saying, man, I'm doing something through this. There's a reason, there's a purpose, and I'm right here with you. He gets it, he gets it more than you realize. He knows what it's like to hurt more than most people do because the fact is he loved you so much. He did something which wasn't fair. He sent his only son. He sent Jesus to die for your sin. Our God isn't a heartless God doesn't even really just love you. He is love. And love isn't something God does or expresses. It's who He is. Maybe you're watching and listening today and you've got something you just don't understand, some kind of barrier, some kind of hurt that's keeping you from God. And you want to believe, but you know, God, God just seems so absent. He seems heartless. I want to pray for you today that you experience the presence of God, that you understand there's a purpose behind the pain that you're experiencing. And then there are those of you that, that because of your sin and the issues of sin in your life, which are very real, you'd say, you know what, I'm not a good person. I'm not the kind of person you would even call a Christian. I'm not even sure I would call myself that. But I want to change. I know I need to change. So what, what, what do I do? Well, you call on Jesus. And you ask Him to forgive you and you start a new life with Him. In fact, I want to start praying for you today. Say this prayer along with me, if you would, whether you're, you're driving you're working out, you're working from home, hanging out, doesn't matter. Stop what you're doing if you can. Don't stop driving, <laughs> keep doing that, but stop what you're doing if you can though. And just kind of say this prayer in your own words along with me, okay? Lord, I'm, I'm so sorry for the sin that I've committed. I'm sorry for the wrongs that I've done, Lord, that have offended you, that have been against your standards. I, t today, I realize and recognize I can't do it on my own. I need you, and I, I pray that you will save me. Forgive me for my sin. Cleanse me of my wrong. Save my life, Lord. And, and, and here's the thing, God, like I, I've kind of done my own thing and called my own shot, and it hasn't worked out, and I'm tired of it. If you know what's best for me, I want you to take control. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I want to follow you from this day forward. And so don't just save me, become Lord of my life. And I will serve you and I will follow you and, and, and I will let you direct my path and let you lead the way. I want to just follow after you. If you said that prayer, He's your Lord and Savior here today. And you're in the kingdom of God. Now for the rest of you, you got pain. You don't understand what God's doing. And you need to be reminded today that God is present and that God has a purpose. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would touch every person who is struggling to see the why. They're suffering. 
there's pain they're enduring, maybe their family members are enduring pain, maybe they just they struggle because of the empathy they have, they see the world in pain, they see people suffering, and, and they, they just, they don't, they don't get it, and they struggle with that, and Lord, I, I pray today, you would remind them, there is a purpose in the pain. You're building something inside of people, you're building something inside of them, or there's a, there's a reason, there's a purpose, we don't have to, we don't always understand the purpose, but it's there. And not only is there a purpose, God, but you're present. You're not heartless, Lord. You're right there with them, suffering and enduring what they're going through with those, God, who are suffering around the world, with those who are victims of tragedy. God, you are right there in the midst. You are present in the pain. There's a purpose, and you're present. And we can be sure that as long as you're with us, Lord, that you, you, you're in control, that you've got us, that your will will be done. And we can take comfort today in knowing that your will will be carried out. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you, have, you, you, you were not fair to us. That you sent Jesus to die in our place for our sin so we could be free and, and have that eternal uh, heavenly home with you, Father, one day as a result of that. We give you praise and honor and glory. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.